listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan. This week, I'm joined by Rachel Chester, Lance Lawson, and Brad Lozier. And uh, this summer, we've been in a series. We've been talking about different movies. But today, we're going to not talk about a movie. We're going to talk about a TV series called Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Y'all big fans? Ted Lasso. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, I just binged so it good. a couple of weeks ago because I kept hearing about it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So you were asked to join us because of that. You didn't binge it because you were asked to be on the podcast. No. Right? No, no. Yeah, no. You, I've heard so many people talk about it. I had yeah. to watch it. Yeah. And, and, and you were drawn in. Yeah. And now here I am sitting in the podcast studio. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, all right. So look, our conversation, really, I, I, I hope that we can just bring out the different things that we saw throughout the series. If you haven't seen it. I, I don't know why you're listening to this, but if anything, it's just going to be an extended commercial about you're why you should watch, watch this, because yeah. it's it's awesome. So uh, hopefully we pick up some things that maybe you didn't find, or uh, listen, if, if you saw some things in the series that, uh, that we don't talk about, I would love to hear about it. Maybe you can send one of us an email or post on social media, uh, pointing out just some of the other things in there. Um, but the next season, season two, is coming out uh, very shortly. Uh, and so we're really just kind of excited about what's what's coming up um, in the next season. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I think I would say just for the benefit of our our listeners that <clears throat> there's some stuff in Ted Lasso that like a lot of these shows that we've talked about already, like in in uh, other right. podcasts that you know they there's things in there that we may not like completely agree with or that we might even find like coarse joking or some language it's rated or mature. like that. Yeah, it is yeah. rated mature. So just know that yeah, going into it. For a good it. reason. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about some of those things in the introduction to this whole summer right. series of just how to be a discerning watcher, you know, what's appropriate for kids, what's appropriate for your own heart, how to discern those things with right. wisdom. So, yes, that's so, that's good for us to Just in case they didn't that hear that yes. initial podcast. Absolutely. So. No, it's good too because we all love this show so much. That if someone hasn't seen it and then they start watching it, they're going to be like, "What? What? What right. kind of Maybe. people are you?" Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So trying to pull out the good things in there, the redeemable things in there. Uh, so I want to begin by really just talking about the, uh, the 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 premise of the show. So Ted is just extremely nice guy, very kind, compassionate. Um, and he's continually confronted by all these people who don't like him, don't want him to be there, and he, over the course of the series, or the first season, just um, overcomes people, wins people over to uh, to his side. They get to see that he is a genuine person, that he really is this way, and uh, and I think it's, um, it's just a commentary on the cynicism of our age, and I think that's one reason why the show is so popular, is because people want people like this to exist in the world. Like they, they want Ted Lasso's to, uh, to exist and there's uh, such cynicism. So I just want to begin with this quote that I read in a, an interview with the, I don't know if he was the director or the writer or, you know, someone who's in, in part of creating it, but he says, um, he was just commenting that the world discourse specifically on social media and in politics has gotten such a cynical, getting gotten such to a cynical and dark place uh, that is just pervasively gross. And he says that we even joked in the writer's room that if I was to meet someone like Ted Lasso in real life, I wouldn't be happy. My first assumption would be, I can't wait for a week from now when this person reveals himself to be an a-hole, that's what he says, like everybody else. And he says the shocking twist is he's for real. When that person turns out to be actually kind and forgiving and empathetic and lovely, then you've got to look at yourself. And that's the point of this. So what do y'all think about that? Just the idea of cynicism within our culture and how the show is somewhat of a commentary on that, and we're looking for the kindness and joy that exists in a someone like Ted Lasso. I mean, I think it's 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 kind of uh, convicting that, that's treat, that he's treated like a unicorn, like this yeah. mythical figure. Like that, those qualities are just, like that doesn't exist. Like how... How have we gotten there in our culture? You know, like that—that—that's a unicorn person. Like it, this, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I even felt like in myself, though, convicted about how I was viewing him when I first watched it. Because when I first started watching it, because I didn't really know what it was, I just had friends who had been watching, it and I'd seen the promos from forever ago. But I thought he was an idiot and wasn't going to be real. Like when I first started watching it. So for me, it was even convicting about how cynical I can be 
about the people in the world. Because I really, I thought that. I was like, this guy, like, I mean, I think the first time you are introduced to me is on the plane and there's a teenager who wants a, a, a seat. seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? You're famous for being stupid. And I was like, what? It, who is this guy? Because he's like so nice. And so I was cynical too whenever I started watching it. Mm-hmm. I had the benefit of watching it after hearing a lot of people talk about it. And that, that was like the theme. When people talk about this show, the guy is just so nice, no matter what. No matter what happens to him, no matter how he's treated, he's nice over and over again. And so like from the opening scene, I, I knew that going that was in. real. Yeah. And so it was cool. It was cool to experience it that way, uh, I think, which caused me to have an experience of reflecting on, on the way I would behave in all those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like when someone says something and what goes through my mind and what might come out of my mouth. And then how different Ted Lasso is in oh, yeah. those moments. Like, gosh, uh, like you guys are saying, it's just challenged. Oh. Yeah, I, I think one, you know, just what Rachel was saying, my original perception of his character was that he was supposed to be naive and just with really low emotional intelligence. Like, he doesn't get mm-hmm. that he's not liked. Right. That he's just, especially, you know, t- t- sometimes, um, you know, the, the media likes to portray someone with like an accent like his, a southern accent, football oh, yeah. coach kind of guy, as just a big buffoon, stupid, doesn't get it. And so he goes over there and all these people don't like him and he doesn't even know. He's just like, oh, hey, you know, I'm just a friendly, happy, so optimistic that I'm oblivious to what's going around around me and how people perceive me. And uh, there's just these little moments that he shows that he actually gets that, but that's but that doesn't bother him. He has like a different agenda and a bigger plan for that. And, you know, there's, I saw this even in the promo, but it happens in the, in the show where he's talking to Roy, the, the veteran team captain, the leader. And, um, and he's in there with his assistant coach, coach beard. And, you know, he storms out and walks away that Roy does. And he says, man, he's, he's angry. He's like, imagine how angry he's going to be whenever we win him over. You know, he, he knows that like, that he's not liked, but he knows that he's going to win people over with kindness and encouragement and joy and all those things. So I thought that was interesting. You know, I think that they they do the same thing, even though Ted Lasso is the main character. They sort of do the same sort of like you are expecting one thing from all these characters because they're all like caricatures almost at the beginning of the first episode, even like the women. There's this woman who's just this like cold ice queen boss who's like the not nice woman, use nice words here. Mm. And then there's the other woman who you're introduced to, who's the eye candy, who is, you know, she walks in and it's all about what she looks like. So you sort of think, okay, so here's your two women in your show. And then that crumbles really quickly and they're three dimensional and Mm -hmm. you like see what's really going on with them and they treat them as people. So I think they they sort of do that with everybody, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. You know, one thing that was interesting that Brad pointed out when we were talking about this is as kind and as positive as Ted Lasso is, like one of the, the glaring things is that he's got stuff going on in his personal life that he can't fix. So like he's trying to yeah. overcome all these things with kindness and there's there's yeah. things that are that make him human. Yeah, like being being a good person is not enough. Like he is the unicorn in society and he has it all figured like he knows how to win people over he knows how to make people love him he knows how to smooth over the rough patches and all of these other kinds of things like everybody loves ted lasso but his personal life is completely falling apart mm-hmm. and is completely tragic and they don't they haven't really gone into a lot of in-depth details about the backstory of how they got there but it's just interesting to me that um i i, I think it i think in some part that's on purpose is to show that you can still be this super nice guy and not have everything together. But I think from, as I'm watching it and I'm looking at it from a Christian worldview, I'm like, man, that's, that's what moralism is. It's like, I can, I'm going to be good. I'm going to like, I don't know how many times he said, like there was a, there was a scene when his wife um, or they're, they're on the verge and they're, they're discussing the end of their marriage and he's in tears for the first time in his in in the show and it's it's on him he's like i don't i've never quit anything you know and that's what is like he's giving up and he's broken and he can't win her back like he can't win her over with his kindness and with his goodness and with his his love and his unique way of just bringing people into his life 
Uh, and I just, I, I look at that and I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's why we need the gospel. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's the gospel right there. That's the gospel need is you cannot do it all. You, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you love people, no, how, how, no matter how much you reach into their lives, it's never going to be enough. There will always still be something that you can't fix that is going to be broken because you're in the middle of it. So. Yeah. And he tries to hide it. It's like none of the other characters know what's going on. Every time he's dealing with this stuff personally, and you start to see that there's he's this other layer. Yeah. He's in isolation. He's in his, his room. He's, yeah. you know, he's signing the divorce papers by himself. Mm-hmm. But it's it's weighing on him so much that like it starts to come out in those public settings, like when he has that panic attack whenever he's, what is it, the karaoke bar or yeah, whatever? Yeah, and, you know, the karaoke He's out bar. on the street I, with Rebecca. That's and such a cool scene yeah. because he actually, I, I'm like, that's one of the things that Ted Lasso does so well. She's singing Let It Go. Mm-hmm. And if you have a daughter mm-hmm. or you've seen that really good show, I mean, that's what the whole song is about. I mean, you can watch him listening to the lyrics and then start to, break down and panic because yeah. it's like, keep it all in, don't let anyone know. And then he has his panic attack. I thought that was so well done. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was interesting how she knew what he was going through. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you've ever been around someone who's going through a panic attack, there's also like a panic on your side of being like, I, if, even if I know what a panic attack, a panic attack is, I, I still, you know, is there is this a medical emergency? Do I need to do something about it? And it was like, she knew exactly like, this isn't a medical emergency. This this is a panic attack, and I need to meet him there. And she's been there, and I thought that was really interesting. That like their characters understood each other in in their pain. Well, and they connected eventually, not just because he was kind and loving, but through their their shared suffering. Yeah, which was I think something so beautiful throughout the season is that he wins them over through kindness and love, but ultimately his vulnerability is what really helps him connect with her. And that was actually her singing. It that was. was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. That's she, cool. She's a trained singer. Wow. She's good. Yeah. I, I looked up all the so IMDb good. stuff. I was like, who, who are these people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she was great. I think an interesting, another interesting thing about that, the marriage aspect of that that thing, when they're trying to help the writers are obviously moving Ted in a direction to where of acceptance mm-hmm. of this, of how they portray, um, like divorce and being okay with divorce like it's a total worldview like it's yeah. it's he's brave he's going to be the brave hero that sacrifices himself so his wife can be happy, happy and move on away from him and that's how he becomes the hero in getting a divorce and i'm just like that's so broken like yeah. that's not at all <laughs> what we should be celebrating or but it 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 draws you in and it's like oh yeah like even his good character wins out in the end of this ugly situation because he's willing to sacrifice and and fall on the sword so to speak so that his wife can be okay with moving on and and letting go and mm-hmm. and getting out of this this bad relationship where she's just kind of lost that loving feeling is kind of how they've made it seem Yeah to, and that's why I think it's so. such a it's it's a frustrating part of it because it almost it it it'll it's inviting the audience to celebrate their decision in that, as in like th- this is this is you know sometimes it just comes this to the just, end of itself. This just happens. Yeah, it just happens, and it's not a major blow up. It's not a major conflict. It's two people who who want to make it work, but they just can't, and so they just kind of have to decide, hey, this is not going to work out anymore. And it's I think it's man, it's such a tragic thing to, for marriage to be portrayed that way, uh, because it is sad. It is, it is a it is. breaking there, like it's breaking of hearts and and all those things, and. Um, I think that's one of the things I get frustrated, even just watching some of the marriage stuff, is the um, it's like they're trying to preserve that storyline yeah. by wanting the audience to root for them to get back together, right. but in order to be able to do that, they can't make either one of them look like a bad person. They can't right. make Ted look like he's at fault for the breaking of their marriage, yeah. um, and they can't make her look like she's at fault. Otherwise, people are not going to root for them to get back together. They're going to say, "Man, he's better off without yeah. her. She's the bad lady," you know. And so, you know, they they want them both to be to be presented as like, you know, it was just not the right person. That's what they keep. That's what they kept saying. It's yeah. like you know, sometimes when it's yeah. just Higgins. not the right when it's just not the right person, this happens. Higgins says, "If it's the right person, even the hard times, are even easy the hard times are easy to make like it." That. Yeah, because yeah. he was trying to get the secret from Higgins of twenty eight mm-hmm. years of marriage. You know, yeah. So it's. 
That was a, the marriage whole thing. was That was uh, frustrating. It was yeah. frustrating. I, I did think, though, that whenever I was watching it, how they portrayed the just the isolation and the just the horrible nature of divorce mm-hmm. did come through. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. whenever I was watching it, I was thinking about the podcast we did with the Thompsons a while ago. And, you know, I think Brad said in there, I didn't know how to get up in the morning. And I was so lonely. And there was no one to talk to. And I feel like you've, you've felt that you got that from both Ted and Rebecca, mm-hmm. which is why they connected. But I mean, his panic attacks, him like being so happy and then alone drinking and angry in his hotel room and her saying, I don't want to be alone and I'm alone. I'm crying in an alleyway by myself. You know, you just felt the destruction of the divorce at the same time as we're supposed to be accepting it. Yeah. Well, they did the same thing with Rebecca's divorce where they have you rooting for it. Yeah. For, like, yeah. Because it's already happened, but she's mm-hmm. being so spiteful because of what's been done to her. It Really, in both cases, you, they've done what they can to have you rooting for it. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a frustrating aspect. It I is. mean, that is how our world works, no yeah. doubt. But it is, it's a bit heartbreaking. And it really gets to the depth of pain. Like, Rachel, you were just saying, like, Every scene that starts with with Rebecca in her office or somewhere else, she has a, an iPad up or a laptop up or a newspaper out, and she's just surfing and looking for the latest information to 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 continue to fuel her anger and yeah. her hurt. So she's trying to find the stories that her billionaire husband's newest girlfriend or what's the media say about this old, the old Rebecca, you know, because he has yeah. a girlfriend now that's new Rebecca. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, she, she's just Rebecca. And, she, and every time she comes <laughs> yeah. in, she's ashamed of that hurt. She doesn't want anybody to know she slams, she's always slamming and closing her laptop and, and throwing her iPad down because she doesn't want people to know I'm still obsessed yeah, with this. By I'm consumed by the hurt and pain caused by this divorce. Like, um, like you get to the depth of yeah. the pain of divorce there for sure. So, and you, it makes sense that she hired Ted Lasso to yeah. tank this team. Like, yeah, to yeah. tank completely, mm-hmm. tank it. Yeah, even if it hurts Ted Lasso, even if she doesn't, doesn't care about, she doesn't care about anybody. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. care about anybody. Yeah. Higgins, anybody. Like it's, it's just I want, and the the, I think to to me since we're talking about Rebecca and kind of her pain and you know Ryan you had alluded at the beginning she's kind of the last to get one over. Um, I to me for for me the the turning point for Rebecca was when they're in the bar and Rupert shows up with his with new Rebecca and you know they're in the pub with all yep. the boys and and you know um Ted Lasso the guy who she hired to 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 get at Rupert to by killing his football team is now he's the guy who's taking down Rupert Right. And yeah. and she is just overjoyed that she, he put him in his place at, with the dart game, you know, winning yeah. the dart game and stuff. I was just like, what a turn, what a twist! Like yeah. you hired and standing this guy. up for her too, because she wanted to just walk her. away. Like it's almost like she, I guess, in her broken self confidence, you know, as strong of a woman that she is, when she's faced with him, she shrinks back and she wants to just go away and say, let's just leave. And he's like, no. And then he stands up for her, and she realizes that, like, oh no, he actually cares. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like you realize that she wasn't strong in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So she was pretending she had strength, you know, with her demeanor and how she was speaking to people with her meanness and her role. But then she becomes strong in the end Mm -hmm. whenever she like finds because it's through Ted and it's even through uh, what's her name? What's her what's Keely? Keely. Keely. I was like Keesey. Keely. Yeah, Keely. Uh, through relationship with Keely and her other friend. I mean, she finally gets there, and then she really becomes strong, strong enough to admit what she's done yeah. and to actually lead the team well. Um, but it's but it's all through this relationship with all these people, oh, instead yeah. of just being alone, like you're saying, and not letting anybody in. Yeah. yeah. At one point, I thought that she was going to realize that by being successful with the team was actually going to hurt Rupert because it was going to show that like she she can do this without she did him. It better and than so him. I thought she yeah. was going to realize that earlier on and that was she was going to change her tactic instead of trying to tank the team, she actually was going to try to win as a way to get back to him uh, back at him. Um but that's just how irrational and mad she was. Cuz yeah, yeah, I mean I was thinking that too like what? Just be a better boss than he was. Yeah. Maybe yeah. next season. I mean, we got to talk about the dart scene though. Because you get a yeah. glimpse into Ted, into like what has made him yeah. function the he way he is. Like that dark game, man, yeah. was so good. That mm-hmm. might be my favorite part of the whole series. Mm. 
just because you it peels back the layers and then he he wins mm-hmm. handily. But mm-hmm. so I think yeah, he reveals recon- like who he is yeah. in that scene. Yeah. yeah, how he is formed to become this person yes. of of goodness. Right? Yeah, so yeah. recount that scene in case anyone doesn't. Really yeah, so remember they're they're all in this bar. The they're there for the the meeting with the other owners, and her ex husband shows up. Shockingly, you're not expecting that, uh, and so Rebecca wants to leave, but uh, Ted stands up and he starts. He he grabs a couple of darts and he's like, "You guys are pretty serious about this game." He's just <laughs> chunking them, and Rupert. It's he he's made it Rupert's idea mm-hmm. to have a dart a wager. And uh, and so Ted, Rupert, who whole... is so unbelievably arrogant, right? Yeah, just obnoxiously arrogant, right? A billionaire, like your typical stereotypical ba- bi- old billionaire guy who thinks yep. he owns everything. Yep. And so he's he, uh, Ted, like, yeah, let's do this. And if I win, then you have to, you know, leave the press box or leave the owner's box forever, as long as Rebecca's in charge. But if if you win, you can make the the lineup. And so obviously Rupert jumps into that thing, but Ted's been tossing darts with his right hand. He's actually left-handed that, you know, you, you you see it come down to the very end and he's like, all right, what do I need? I need two triple twenties and a bullseye and I win. And that's when you get the monologue, the, the whole like, Hey, you know, people have been underestimating me my whole life and it used to bother me. And I, I wondered why. And then he brings up this Walt Whitman quote where that he saw when he was taking his kid to school and it says, be curious, not judgmental. And he realized everybody in his life had always been judgmental, never been curious about him. And he reveals Rupert to be the same way and then takes him down with a bullseye. It's just, uh, it's like, it was awesome. It's poetic, it's victory, it's like all the stuff you want in a scene like that. It was awesome. And yeah. I think it did such a great job in this really fun, awesome scene of explaining to you who Ted is. Yeah. Because, he underst- he understood that that's how people viewed him and then and then he you can see that he's not like that with anyone else like that he isn't judgmental he's always curious like yep. with the guy on his team whose birthday it was he's like why is he struggling oh cuz he's he's not at at home and he misses home with there's this random girl in the neighborhood that he just plays soccer with which mm-hmm. i love yeah. you don't even know her name ever but it's he cares about every single person he's curious and he invests in every single person he comes across. Absolutely. And he never judges them. So it was like, this is who Ted is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was fascinating. A part, since you, you got into that, uh, the, like the neighborhood scene, like that's a big part of the show is like he's walking, he's in the community. And it's fascinating to me of, it was convicting to me, I guess, really, of how he views people's attacks against him. It's almost... In my mind, as I'm watching it, I'm like, he does not hear these insults. Like, he's walking through the neighborhood, and people are just yelling at him, calling him horrible names. The W word. I don't know if we can say it. I don't know if we can I, say it. I don't know how bad it is We're in all America. Americans, so we're like, so what is know, that? I don't want to offend anyone from another country. <laughs> I don't either. The W word. Yeah, so, but, you know, they're just, they're, they're just on him. And he just smiles, and he's just like, hey, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Because I, it's almost like, and I'm, maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but to me it seems like he's like, he understands their frustration yeah. is born out of a love for this local football team, this mm-hmm. soccer team, right? We call it soccer. It's, they call it football. but um, And so he, he appreciates their passion. Like he finds something in the insult to be – okay with like he's like mm-hmm. i i get, i appreciate you yeah. because appreciate because your passion you know i i know you're yeah. calling me this horrible name but uh it's it's just like i'm like i don't i would never do that i would never do that and i should like i should be able to look at go why why are you insulting me what what's the hurt or pain that's deeper than that that would cause you to call me this name like that and he can see that and he and it doesn't it doesn't well, at least in the show, it doesn't seem to bother him that he's just constantly being yeah, when he doesn't respond with anger back at them, or even just like, you know, appears hurt. He just he responds with like something positive back, and it's interesting that even in the acting, you can see uh, people are disarmed every time, whether it's every time. you know the old guy walking down the street yeah. or the guys who are in the bar yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like and, it's, and by it's the end of the so show, awesome. these insults become terms of affection right? right like that's the whole twist like they've said it so much and he's just been like hey man thanks yeah. man i appreciate it i appreciate it you know what's what's funny to me is he's he's so endearing and so different that uh 
like he has come to mind a couple of times in the last couple of weeks as things have happened. I'm like, oh, that's like Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, the other day I was uh, reading this book and uh, Lament for a Father, and there's a quote from John F. Kennedy in it. And so I read it and I was like, oh, that's like Ted Lasso. And the book had nothing to do with John F. Kennedy. It just, it took an excerpt. Or of, Ted Lasso, for or, that matter. Yeah, or Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, but it took it took this excerpt of his of a speech that John F. Kennedy gave in the fifties, right before he he was running for office, and uh, he, you know you can tell in the speech he's trying to make a name for himself. But uh, and the, the, again, the speech had not much to do with the book except to f- give context to this setting. But in it, I, I read what John F. Kennedy said, and I was like, oh, that's like Ted Lasso. He says this, and this is after World War II. He says, "We know that the split atom and split mankind." cannot long coexist on the same planet, but it will take all our energies to heal the breach. And he calls for a people. He says, we should be people that say, I'm going to respect you, and I invite you to respect me. And I read that, and I was like, oh, that's Ted Lasso. I'm going to respect you. And and in my behavior, in my respect of you, I'm actually inviting you to respect me, even Mm -hmm. if you're, whether you're going to or not. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, the kindness of... The kindness that we can show draws others to repentance yes. and transformation, and eventually that happens. And mm-hmm. and you know he doesn't av- he doesn't avoid the disrespect. No, like he he puts himself in the middle. He's always in that pub where those guys are just riding him. His family comes in that one time and they suddenly turn on the politeness. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> like his, his wife and yeah. his kid get here and they, he walks in first and they just start hammering him, cussing at him, and then his wife shows up and they're like, oh. How are you doing? You know, but like he puts himself in in the disrespectful situations and still treats people with respect. It's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I've got a question for y'all. Um, so just as just because it's we all are touching on it a little bit, just the transformation and how he responds with gentleness and kindness and self control and love and all these things. Um, it it seems to me to be a different depiction of what it looks like to be a strong man than we see a lot of times in the media. You know, because there's a lot of, in the first episode, a lot of bravado and we're going to bully people and I'm the best. And you see this transformation and this sort of acceptance of uh, pain and emotion and even love. So I just, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I I hadn't really thought about that that much. But yeah, you think about the soccer team Mm -hmm. and about you got someone like Jamie and Roy and and all those guys, Uh right? And so like that, they're younger, they're younger men who have grown up thinking this is what it means to be a man. And when you were mentioning that, the, the the moment that's brought to mind is you know when they when they're trying to reverse the curse, and they bring all their yes. like personal yeah. artifacts and uh-huh. they're burning things and um, you know like Roy brings his blankie, yeah. you know, and it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. all those things that were like all of a sudden they were uh, transported back into like what it was like to be a kid yeah. and having a, some vulnerability around each other. And uh, I don't know, I just think about those moments in my life where. I've been around guys who are these big, strong guys, but whenever they, you know, you can actually be vulnerable about what's going on in your life, then you can see like, oh, this is this is what a real man looks like. It's someone who can uh, be vulnerable and talk about what's what's really happening and what they what they need. That there's a weakness there that we have to lean on Christ to to be our strength. And yeah, that's those are my thoughts on that. I appreciate about one thing I appreciate about Ted Lasso's character is. Uh, at first, he comes across like so many TV dads in shows that my kids are watching, and you're like, I hate those guys mm-hmm. because they're always idiots. Mm-hmm. They're they're bumbling. They're not good at leading anything. They're not in touch with all these. But Ted Lasso initially, with his accent and you know, is just old good old boy stuff, comes across like you worry. I worry he's going to be like one of those idiot TV dads mm-hmm. that is a poor representation of what a man should be. But he's not. He's he's. He's he's in touch. He doesn't need bravado or or he doesn't need to be macho in the way some some men are. He doesn't need he's not an idiot. He's he's loving. He, he he's a real man because he cares deeply about other people yeah. and responds and, to them for them. And I think one thing that is you don't see often, but there were there's there's at least one scene where he has anger. Like he comes into that locker room and Jamie is like I'm not I'm hurt. Mhm. And he goes like this. The it's 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 completely anti Ted Lasso's nature. But he goes like he confronts 
the hypocrisy in Jamie in front of the whole team, and he's just like, "Practice? We're talking about practice." You know, yeah. he just goes off in this whole this practice. Like this right after speech. his wife told him she was leaving, too. it's right he's after mad. his wife. He's yeah. mad. He's angry, and so he shows this human side of he can. He's still like, "Yes, I'm still going to be kind," and he was even kind in that, like in his anger, like he wasn't cussing. He wasn't like bullying. Sh- bullying. Yeah, he was just calling out like. You're the franchise player, and this is how you're going to treat everybody on this team, and that's not right, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, from from a man's pers- you know, to get to your question, in my mind, that's that's what that's what a godly man will do. Like he, you're going to be able to confront those things sometimes. It does. It doesn't just mean you're always smiling and you're always um, necessarily nice. You can be kind in your anger, but you can still show anger. And I think they, he did a good job in that scene showing that. So. Yeah. So let's talk about his leadership style, and I think you can point to multiple different uh, things that he would do, but then even how he would treat different people around him, whether it was Nate or Roy or Jamie or any other character around Keeley. Um, so yeah, what, what stuck out about his leadership style? Nate. Nate, <laughs> oh yeah. God. Nate the Great. Nate. One of the best storylines, I think. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what was his first interaction with Nate like? I think, I mean, to me, what stuck out was that he just saw Nate. Yep. Nate just wasn't even used name. to being known. Yeah, yeah just asked his name. He was like, you're my, my name. Himself. And then yep. he remembered his name. And and that's really the whole storyline with Nate. I see you. Mm-hmm. I care about you. I value you. And it was amazing to see what happened with that. And yeah. it involved confrontation. And it involved, you know, brokenness in the relationship when he had asked for forgiveness, which I love that mm-hmm. too. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nate's storyline, this this little guy who no one valued yeah. and was being bullied, and Ted totally transformed everything about Nate's life. Yeah, just unlocked it. And then there's yeah. the, the scene where he's going down his list and just railing on all the players. You know, some of the stuff was like a little over the <laughs> top. and, and ro- roasting this guy. Yeah, man. but it was kind of like, yeah, he finally had the confidence to yeah. stand up and say some of these things yeah. that maybe needed to be said, and then, you know, he gets a, a chance to be... Uh, on the coaching staff. Can I, and can I make a comment about that scene? Yeah. It's interesting to me that Ted made him do that. Yes. And I was thinking why Ted could never have said those things. Right. Yeah. He knew that he couldn't say he, He's like, I cannot say those things to these players. That's not who I am. It's out of my nature. It's out of my character. You have to say those. Like, I thought that was so... Yeah. So... He knew they needed to be said, and he knew that's what Nate was going to say. And yeah. he trusted Nate, like, you gotta, you have to do it mm-hmm. for my sake, for the team's sake, and for his sake to, yeah. you know... It's such good leadership, too, to see all of the value and pot- potential of somebody else who isn't going to do it themselves. To be like, you are going to do this. I know you're shy. I know you're scared. Maybe you're introverted, but you're going to do it, and it's going to be great. Yeah. Whatever happens. Yeah. I, and I don't. I mean, I know. I know we were trying to talk about this from a gospel point of view, so I don't want to Jesus juke everything. But as I'm looking at Nate, I just think of Jesus and the disciples, and I think of these fishermen guys. Like, this is what he did. He went and he found the guys that that nobody, that society didn't care about, so to speak. You know, and just unlocked them, I think is the word that you used. Yeah. Like he just l- unleashed them and he saw in them. And, and the hit, Ted Lasso is a great example of, again, convicting for me in my role of leadership of, man, who are the people that I just pass over, that I just walk right by, that I don't give enough time or attention to? And what are we missing because of that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it shows that every person has value and every person has gifts that they can contribute to whatever the team goal is, whether it's, you know, it's ministry to the church or even in a business setting. And the the role of the leader or the manager is to is to discover what those things are in those people, even if those people don't see it in themselves, mm-hmm. and develop some kind of strategy to bring that out of them and then, you know, unleash them onto the world to be able to um, you know, contribute in the way that, that God has created them to do that. Yeah, you you think, though, that someone in his position has just his team's goal in mind, like mm-hmm. he's got to win. But what you see in Ted is that he cares he cares m- about the people more than he cares about the goal of, of winning. He, he says that. Yeah. yeah. I don't care about the wins and losses. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is like a trite thing. That's like what every coach says. Like, yeah. it's, you know, you know, we coach little league, and yeah. we're around there, and it's like that's what everyone says. You know, hey, it's not about the wins and losses. Yeah. And then you're like, well, coach, it sure seems like it was about the yeah, wins. I, I think <laughs> a little league game. Screaming at everybody out there <laughs> when you're yelling at your eight year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but what you see him do is he he cares so deeply about the people and and what's going on in their lives that he reaches into other other areas of their lives. Mm. He he influences other people in their lives because he really is out for the the best for everyone else. Yeah. And then just d- developing their character. Deve- I thought was right. interesting, especially yeah. when it comes to to Jamie. He says that I think in a press release at one point. He's like I'm I think it was a pre- or a press conference or maybe it was just another dialogue where he says something about how like I want to turn these young men into men or mm-hmm. I, something yeah. something about like I, I wanted to develop them and I'd turn them into men. Um and you know he's really talking about Jamie. That Jamie's got just an incredible talent and all these skills, and he's less focused on trying to develop those skills and trying to develop his character. And so even just that, some of those initial interactions where he's trying to get uh, Jamie to make that last pass to somebody else, so somebody else can score. It's like I'm. I want Jamie to be a team player because that's what he needs. He's too self focused. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of those moments in the whole first season when you when you realize that Ted Lasso is authentic, that he really does love the people who are before him because he's you see in the very beginning that he's trying to get Jamie to make that pass. And then in the end, Jamie makes that pass and it costs Ted everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know, his 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 job, the franchise relegation, relegation yeah. all those things. And he still is proud of Jamie for doing it. And he sees Jamie in pain and he tells him, I'm proud of you and I still want to protect you and be there for you. And that's how you know this is real. This wasn't fake. He really does care about the, that doesn't care about the wins and losses. This is what he cares about the most. Yeah. And you can see it hit Jamie like that. You know, he's sitting there, sitting on the bus. He's on the bus and he pulls out the little army army man. Mm -hmm. And it's like he realized that, like, by Ted teaching me this lesson, we ended up beating him. Like my he, father like to, taught yeah. me to be selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And Ted taught me yeah. to be a team player and And Ted lost out because yeah. of that. like Ted taught me a lesson that I ended up using to beat him. Yeah. And the whole time Jamie's like, these are mind games. Yeah. Why are you yeah. pretending yeah. like he you love me? Yeah, you cannot crazy. possibly yeah. love me and be for me. Yeah. yeah. That's what's happening. And then he finally realizes he does. He loves me. Which I can't wait to see what happens in the next yeah. season with Jamie because that's transformative. Y- you it see is. some of some of that same storyline play out very quickly with Trent Krim from the Independent. Yes. Oh, yeah. I because love Trent. Trent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that guy, is, you know, he's like, "What? this is all a sham. You know, he's very skeptical mm-hmm. of the whole thing, but then he spends a day or two with Ted and even ends up at that restaurant mm-hmm. where the the driver mm-hmm. told eat. him about and he showed up and he eats this spicy food, but he like he does it anyway, yeah. even though he's uncomfortable. And, and very quickly, Trent Krim, who... The ultimate cynic. The ultimate cynic, who's not uh, being coached. He's just an outsider looking yeah. in. But is, but but he he actually sees very quickly. No, this is real. I don't think it's going to work. But it's real. But I, I see it for what it is. Yeah. Like Ted really is. When they're reading his article, yeah, is so good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so it's such a good article. Yeah, yeah. Where he just captures all that. Uh, what about Keely? What about like his relationship with Keely? Because she doesn't ever seem to be, uh, I don't know, distrusting of him. Like she, but she's kind of like that with everyone. She, you know, even like with her relationship with Becca, Rebecca, you know, Rebecca is cold, but yet he just keeps moving towards her, you know, and like befriends her, you know. And so she does the same thing with Ted very early on. Well, I love Keely. I think that, like I said, I think that the way they sort of developed these women was really neat. And they have a friendship where you think they're going to be competitive and hate each other and, they're both just for each other the whole time, which is really fun to see. And I think that even just them portraying Ted as really just because fr- whenever I saw the first scene, whenever Keely and Ted Lasso were sort of joking with each other, I really was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing that because Rebecca tries to um, set it up like they're having an affair. Oh, I mm-hmm. And I was thinking, but are they going to? Because they were jerk- joking. And, yeah. you know, what does that look like? And no, Ted really was, he just was being kind and being nice. But I mean, even seeing that portrayed was almost like, oh, okay, I, you don't usually see that in a TV show. So I thought it was really great to see because I think that's real. I just think we're not used to seeing it portrayed on a TV show. 
that a man could just be kind and friendly with a woman and not yeah. have any other expectations. Yeah, especially when she as a, she's a model or whatever, and so she's used An to influencer. men. influencer. Yeah, yeah, used to men objectifying her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she realizes very early on that, that Ted is, is not objectifying her. She yeah. does, he doesn't look like at her the way that other men he look at her. He sees me as a person, not as an object. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and so I don't know. We, we, there's that moment in the locker room where she first comes upon it, and he's he's kind of peering into a locker, and her picture's on there, and uh, she thinks like, "Oh yeah, he's checking me out." And then when he walks out, she looks and she she sees that he was covering her her up with pieces yeah. of tape. Yeah, and she kind of has this realization that like, "Oh wow, like he doesn't he doesn't view view me as a sex object like all these other guys do." Almost know? protecting. Yep. Me yeah. and himself, you know. Yeah. So and that's where she, you know, she's found her identity in that. And she even know? I think she even says, um, in maybe the last episode, at the very last game, she's sitting in the owner's box with Rebecca and she's like, you know, I've never cared about this game. I don't I've you know and I think that may be why she is just pressing towards people all the time. Because she, they're just people that have a like she's in their world, but like she's not enamored with Football is life, Danny Rojas. Like football is life. <laughs> <laughs> football is life, and she just doesn't view people like that. She doesn't view the game like that. Like it's this is everyone else's life, and she's just kind of this little like thing that orbits around that. And so she just moves in, and she's just nice and kind, and pretty much nice and kind to everybody, like all the time. Like she's just. But then it is like through Ted Lasso's influence, she is eventually valued. Yes. By not just him. Like you're talking about, but Rebecca, who ends yeah. up offering her a job, yeah. you know, using her sort of position to lift up somebody else. And then also by Roy, yeah. who, you know, doesn't want to treat her like maybe all the other football players have treated her. So she finds value during the season. And you can just see that it's like Ted's this one guy who's influencing everybody. Yeah. I think, I think she just doesn't, she doesn't, um, she doesn't see a role or a title as something that would make someone be standoffish. I think that that's naturally something we do um, with people. Like if they have a specific role or a title in behind their name or on their name or like the owner of a, of, of a major sports franchise, that's what Rebecca is. Like she doesn't even care about that. She, yeah. she just sees Rebecca as... A, she hugs her around the neck. Hugs her around the neck. Like she's just another person, another woman. You know, and Rebecca, it, it shatters through Rebecca's wall of defenses right there of, no, I am this cold, hard li- ice queen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing with Roy, too. She yeah. does sort of the same thing with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Roy and how Ted led him throughout that whole season. Another one of my favorite things was him giving the books mm. yeah. to all the players. Great. I mean, because that is, that's just fun because it was such a unique thing. Like, here's a present for you. And it was a specific book in each of their lockers that was to help them sort of realize their role and who they are uh, within this team. And he gives Roy a wrinkle in time. But I just love that because cause it helped them to know, like, you know me. Because I think Jamie's was... The beautiful and the damned, and Roy's was a wrinkle in time. I just laughed so hard because yeah. it's so funny and yeah. also so kind. Yeah, and it's thoughtful. Father, yeah, thoughtful. it's like intentional. Yeah. Like you had to put some effort and thought and time into that. Yeah, it's great. And you you walk away or you leave that thinking he's very well read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you didn't know that already from the things he's Maybe saying he's and the not. quotes, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Seriously, it's great. I, to get to your question about Roy. You know, it's just interesting to me um, how a guy, like, uh, and this kind of goes back a little bit to Rachel was asking about just the the character of men and how men are portrayed. And I think Roy is kind of your classic hard, angry, that's what you kind of think of as this man. He's strong. He's confident. He's always had success. And now he's coming to the end of his success. And to me, it, it was almost like he was, you know, and, and again, um, just from a Christian worldview, like you can see Roy's idol very clearly Mm. and it's, it's crumbling and falling off the pedestal right in front of your eyes. And this guy is wrecked. Like it's, it's hard for the old athlete who's past his prime to deal with the fact that what's, what's life. This is, this is my identity, you know? And, and Keely is great, does a great job sitting on the couch with, Roy's niece, you know, because he's mm-hmm. he's kind of kind finally come to terms at the last game, the most important game that they're going to bench him, 
And, um, you know, he's just like, how do I, how do I, how can I accept this? Who and he brings I? his niece over and she's like, hey, close your eyes and I want you to tell me everything that about your Uncle Roy. And she lists off this, this beautiful, sweet list from a child's perspective and never once mentions he's a football player, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, she's like, thank you, sweetie. I can't remember her name, but uh, the little girl's name, but... Um, it's like you did a, a beautiful job, and he's just kind of shocked by that moment of, oh, wow. And then he kind of gets angry. He's like, who cares what a little six-year-old says? Because <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> he's still Roy. Because he's still yeah. Roy, yeah. He st- he's still kind of has that hard edge to him, but he you can see on his face the recognition of, you know, I've got my identity wrong. Yeah, And so it's, yeah. it's kind of a cool It scene. is a cool transformation because I think you get the picture at the beginning of the first episode. He knows what Ted Lasso is out to do, he sees it when the, when the water pressure is fixed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he enjoys I love it. that. He enjoys it, but he, he knows, like, all right, this is what this guy's going to try and do, and he's, he's still opposed to it. Like, this isn't going to work. I'm going to still do... I'm going to run my playbook, be the angry guy, and, and all that, and... Roy's one of my favorite characters. Yeah? I mean, I love all the moments with Roy. That moment with his niece, I love whenever... Um, Ted tells him he has to pick a new captain after mm-hmm. he sort of accepted this. And yeah. he says, you know, like, hey, your role's not over until it's over. You got to pick a new captain. And he says, this is why it's hard to love you. Yes. And Ted's like, see? Yeah. He loves me he now. He loves me. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> and in the end, whenever he plays that last game and Ted puts him back in mm-hmm. and he gets hurt and he hears people chanting his name, but he looks at Ted. I mean, that's actually yeah. whenever I cried in the finale. Mm-hmm. Because it was just a sweet, powerful. you know, culmination of their growing respect and care for one another. And Roy being okay with it. Okay, I have a legacy now. Mm-hmm. And I, you let me sort of live that out. And then he goes in the locker room and he's still sad because mm-hmm. even though he's accepted it, it's okay to be sad. But then he mm-hmm. lets people in. I just loved his whole character story doing yeah, the whole yeah. thing. He's so good. And even Ted's leadership of him throughout that process mm-hmm. was interesting just to watch that he knew where he needed to take Roy. He knew, he knew that it was a process to help him come to an acceptance of the end of his career. But even Ted, even Ted was rooting for him. Like Ted didn't want that to happen. And so there's that point where he's, yeah. he's, I'm not taking him he's, out. I'm he's not taking wanting him, out, him to so. stay in. And, and then like coach Beard <laughs> and is <Nate>. angry <laughs> with him and Nate's angry with him because they're like, you've, you've got to have that hard conversation. You're putting, you're putting a person's feelings over yep. the benefit. And so, of the you know, he's, yeah. he, he's sitting in the, the bleachers or the mm-hmm. stands and he has that conversation with him. And, you know, he has the, he has to have the boldness to have that conversation, even though he 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 wants yeah he wants Roy to to go on longer too. But he knows that this is what's best for him in the long run, so he has to lead him there. So yeah, it's good. It's also really funny. There's so many really funny oh, yeah. Yeah. Roy hilarious. moments. The whole show is hilarious. Yeah. That, I mean, that's one of the things I appreciate about the comedy of it is, especially like the the jokes, or whatever from Ted is. He's not saying them as jokes. He's just saying them as his character, and mm-hmm. so they're they're funny. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate that kind of of humor where mm-hmm. it's it's funny because he says it, not because it's a punchline that like help you know cue the laugh track and let's pause for everyone to laugh at it. It's like he's just being himself. But Rachel, it, you just mentioned a scene that. Um, it's the final. It's the final scene in the locker room. You know, Roy's in there. He's hurt. Keeley comes in to comfort him, mm. but then the whole team comes in after the loss. And Ugh. gosh, so Roy Roy gets so Rebecca's there now. You know, like Higgins is there, like everybody's there. They're all on the team. The whole community that has been built is there. That Ted Ted has built this community, and he's finally the whole team is there. And he's like, oh god, it was so powerful. He says. Um, he goes, he goes, you know, I don't have words to take this pain away. And he goes, um, I want you to look around this room and be grateful for the people that are here to experience this sadness. Because he, he says, there's something worse than being sad, and that's being alone and sad. And I was like, oh, man, what a beautiful picture of community and, the, and what we talk about here so much yeah. about we can't do life alone. And it's it's even in that sadness, like to to be alone and sad is so much worse than looking around this room and we're all sad together. We're walking through this together. It was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. That's when I got teary eyed. You mm-hmm. know, watched yeah. that final. That was I'm so teary eyed thinking about it. 
Uh, Thanks it was for describing so it, Brad. You need very, a Kleenex? Very beautiful, Brad. <laughs> they, well, I think what's it's amazing awesome. whenever I was watching it is that every time they they give Ted a speech, when he's in a locker room and he gives like a big speech, it's like Christian values. Oh, yeah. Like that's what's totally. amazing to me because is this a Christian show like per se? No. No. But really what what they're what they're leading you towards are things that are true that yeah. are true whenever you find community in 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 the uh church of christ but it's like he talks about hope he talks about belief he talks about community yeah. he talks about love and relationship yeah. and then he also like every time someone wrongs him he says i forgive you i forgive you immediately mm. and i was like this is amazing to yeah. me that this show that has all these other things in it is just keeps emphasizing these values that we are all hoping for. Well, I think that's what's impactful as a believer when you consider all that is because like he's so winsome. Mm. He's so your people are skeptical of him, but in the long run, who he is changes people. Mm. And and isn't that what that's what we want to be? That's what we we want to be so different, so winsome, so unbelievable at first. In, in the way Christ has changed us, which causes us to reflect him to the world, that eventually people are like, wait a minute, that that's worth asking about. That's mm. worth being changed by. That's mm. wor- like, it's crazy that a show like Ted Lasso <laughs> helps illustrate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. we're supposed to be in the world. Yeah. Yeah. All right, season two is just starting up yeah, right wait. now. Yeah, I think they're they're coming out instead of just a binge where they just dump it all at once. They're just doing them. We got to wait time, week by so. week for season week. two. Yeah, yeah. But they did season one. Apple TV does that. Like, I did it. They, oh, okay, they do a, a, I, yeah, a week at a time. I saw it all at once. I didn't yeah, see it as it was coming. If out. You, if you kind of wait, wait three or four weeks in, then you can get yeah. you know you can yeah. kind of binge a few hours because yeah. they're only like thirty five minute episodes. They're not like hour long. Disney Plus has been doing that too, and my kids are so confused. This is actually the way life used to work. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Clear Creek Resources podcast. If you didn't check out some of the uh, the previous episodes that we had in our summer series about the uh, the Avengers or Star Wars, Harry Potter, uh, Disney's Soul movie, make sure that you check those out. We still have a few more episodes left in this season, and so make sure that you check that out as well. Uh, we have all of those on clearcreekresources.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and while you're at clearcreekresources.org, check out some of the articles, videos, and books, and sermons that we have on there. Uh, But thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.